0: Welcome to the Money Magic Podcast with Vangile Makwakwa. This is the podcast where we talk about trauma and how it affects our finances and our lives. I help women of color unlock ancestral wisdom so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income and live their best lives. This podcast was birthed when I started having conversations with private clients and students in my online courses about the remarkable shifts they'd had in their finances and started receiving feedback and updates from people on how these conversations were helping them understand their family dynamics and financial behavior. I've seen how Unlocking Ancestral Wisdom has helped me pay off $60,000 in debt, buy property, launch and grow my company Wealthy Money into a six-figure business in US dollars as I travel and live in various countries on the globe. I've lived in over eight countries and traveled to many more as I built this company. My intention with this podcast is to provide you with weekly episodes that help you understand the importance of healing and help you understand your relationship with money better so you can start making different financial decisions and creating a life you love for yourself and future generations. So without further ado, let's get started and dive into this week's episode. Hi, money magicians, how are you? So welcome to the Money Magic Podcast. I'm so excited to have you guys here. If you've just joined us and you don't know who I am, my name is Vanille Makwakwa. I am the founder of Wealthy Money and I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income and live their best lives. I am also the author of Heart, Mind, and Money, Using Emotional Intelligence for Financial Success, and the founder of Wealthy Money. So the way that this podcast started was by um, interviewing my Money Magic students and my clients. This is why it's called the Money Magic Podcast. And today we have another Money Magic student with us, Tavita. Welcome, Tavita. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ben. I'm so excited such an honor and
1: privilege to be here today thank you for inviting me um yeah thanks
0: yeah thank you for coming through so wow for coming through you're going to be sharing with us your insights around money and your money story and your shifts really really appreciate this so before we even start who are you as a person how do you define yourself and what do you do Uh, all right so um Tabitha Nduli um
1: uh, my maiden surname is Mashangeni. I was born and bred in the Eastern Cape in Danzane. I um I am the first born of six and um I'm a mother uh of three. I have two boys and a girl in between. Um I live in in Pretoria, Centurion, and I um, um I define myself as a uh I am that curious. I'm curious fundamentally at the core of my being. I'm a very curious person Um, and I am am, um, a truth seeker Um, and that that has come true in my older years. Though I I never used to, to identify as such, but I think embracing all of me with age and wisdom I have, Accepted that um I, I am one of those people who really are looking for something out there. And um I I I'm still pursuing my purpose. I'm looking for it. I have I want to believe that every day unravels that purpose and someone might be able to tell me, oh, This is what it's all been about. Because I live it every day. I don't I don't see it as a destiny, I see it as a journey. Um and I am um Professionally, I, I I am a social worker by background. Um, I have deep 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 love and concern um, and about community development. I, I at the heart of myself, looking at me at a professional level, I'm a, I'm a community development worker. Really, I care about our society. I care about the moral fiber of our society. I care about uh, the norms and the values that exist there, and culture and things that have to change. I care about the state of affairs when it comes to our young people. So, in my professional space, I work with adults and everybody, but I have special love for young people, especially young women. Um, and I think if we are able to invest in our in our young people today, we might really retire comfortably and know that our hands, are in, I mean our our livelihoods, are in good hands as a people. Mm will be leaded and guided and I take it upon myself because I believe one family at a time then one family at Mm. a time Um, let's change things that don't make sense and question them one family at a time looking at it as as, as a South Africa might be overwhelming but if you Mm. are that change within your family space within the things you engage in within Mm. how you live your life really it it makes all the difference because your children are looking to you People are watching you, and they and, and and especially with our children, they do what we do. They don't do what we say. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yes, that's who I am. I I work in development, um, and I um, my work is 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 really around helping South Africa and civil society and uh, and communities to 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 navigate the AIDS response. So I am one of those frontliners back in 2003, 2004 when we first rolled out on ARVs. Um, that's why I am so triggered with the current state of affairs with the COVID vaccine mm. and the debate going on. Because for people like myself, it uh, it has taken us back to 2003, back to 2004, even oh. earlier. To we were when we were grappling with HIV back then and what it was mm. and what it was not and the fake news, I thought that was horrible. When that COVID hit, I I asked myself, why, why am I living through two pandemics? Because this one, and the fake news, and the social media presence, has literally
0: changed the, the game. And uh,
1: yeah, some
0: people like myself are really, really triggered. Really, yeah, really triggered. So people, I guess in the early 2000s, people didn't want to take ARVs. Did they also have like, at the same time, Oh, this is fascinating. So they had the same kind of reaction to ARVs as they had to the vaccine right now. Yeah. What happened in 2000, before
1: 2003, because 2003, uh, the government, you, you remember then we had what we call AIDS denialism, right?
0: We had okay. a government
1: in South Africa that denied that um, there were AIDS, there is AIDS, 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 that HIV causes AIDS. There was there were scientists backing a president that was in denial of AIDS in this country? And it was through activism that we were able to give our people ARVs. So it was not even a manner of South Africans not wanting ARVs in the beginning. It, it was a manner of denying HIV at a political level, um, wow. which was big, which it was really big. And then it was a Big achievement when we were able to roll out ARVs for South Africans, mm. and they was the first province to roll out back in 2004. I was a young professional back then, and I was helping the the health sector the the, the to 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 be able to do the proper counselling because mm. of the background I had in social work. So we had we were mm. paired, we were what we were called, a counselor advisor, nurse advisor, doctor advisor. So we were paired with the staff that was rolling out the treatment. Mm-hmm. So you have and a
0: counselling background. Yes, yes. Oh, that's yes. beautiful, Tavita. Yeah, like the course does attract psychologists, counselors, therapists. <laughs> yeah. Carers. It attracts carers. <laughs> yeah, it attracts like carers and healers at its core, right? Doctors and that, and nurses. I understand. But yeah, sorry to interrupt. So there was all this. So you guys were pegged with doctors and everything, and you had to, did you have to educate the people? Yes, yes.
1: So we had to educate the people. And you must remember this part is what was happening um, behind the scenes from a professional point of view, you know, in terms of mm. service delivery and health care. This is what mm. was happening, right? And mm. also remember back in 2004, um, our medical doctors were graduating without, um, earlier than 2004, our medical doctors were graduating without the, the HIV theory, diplomas and and, and those modules. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I remember vets vets had to come to develop that module and doctors were coming in to to do the diploma in HIV. Um, And there was a robust uptake of that because we had to prepare our, our medical fraternity really to be able to take care of people that were Enrolling on treatment, and that was our form of biomedically intervening in the in the AIDS response, right? And that's one side. Mm-hmm. Then the other mm-hmm. side was communities, you know, the yeah. recipient, the beneficiaries, and the activists, my people, mm-hmm. because I I I I am an activist as well. I am a human rights defender. I I do speak out against things that don't make sense. So um, that side too activists brought us theories and we can never taken away from them and then government the denialism around HIV was fought with with activists because at the heart of denying people treatment you were actually infringing on, on their human rights oh. and then there was an arm of fake news which was also meddling with human rights right but how we overcame that was when we had this very Fake strong... Fake news
0: before social media was even a thing. It's always been yes. a thing, I guess. Yes. yes. And then
1: we had very strong soldiers in, in the activism space who were eager to learn and understand um, how ARVs worked, first understand mm-hmm. the virus and how it interacted with their bodies. These were mm-hmm. not medical people. They were They were community people. They were activists. Yeah. And, they, and, and, and they understood precisely you could never argue with an activist that comes from that generation about what is going on in their bodies, never. They knew precisely at a cellular level. They know precisely what ARVs come do in their bodies. Everything that has to do with the biology in terms of what changes in your body, What who do you become biologically when you're taking ARVs. And those were the soldiers that taught educa- uh, uh, communities on ARV treatment, oh right? My goodness. So we come from that space where activism really brought us ARVs in this country. There is no mm-hmm. denial about that. And then the activism space as well and supported. But by were partners. the
0: doctors as opposed to ARVs then, as they were to some doctors, were uh, opposed to the vaccine now? Well, I, I, I wouldn't. I don't think we had much
1: of that opposition in our faces like we do now.
0: So yeah, really right? now there's yeah. such a
1: split. Yes, yes. Oh. What I saw then was we wanted, because we had a lot of death then, death, yeah. Denialism brought
0: us death. Like this death. is happening right now too, right, yes. Tabitha? Yes. And I almost wonder if denialism is a form of coping for human beings that When there's this deep trauma happening and we are faced with our own mortality, almost a huge part of it is to fight this mortality and to say, Mm. no, I will not succumb to death. You know, so instead, so it's hard for us to accept because it's so traumatic to accept our own humanity and our own vulnerability and our own mortality. Yes, yes, and 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 again, it doesn't
1: help, much as it is difficult. Then it doesn't help as much. Then when you have people whispering in your ears mm. things that they can't prove, you know, fake news. Because we had fake news back then. Can you believe that? You know, grapefruit. Can you believe that back in the day there was um, there was a uh, there was fake news around grapefruit, and they said uh, grapefruit was uh, was injected with HIV. People must not eat
0: grapefruit. I actually remember that. Do you I remember? was in primary school. I remember that fake news. Um, for us, it was oranges. I remember very clearly being in primary school. And I have a crazy story around this that I don't think it's fake news. So you have to hear my story, guys. Okay. It's, mm-hmm. I hope it doesn't gross anyone out. But true story. My sister and my friends were playing around with oranges, right? So instead of eating the oranges, we take them out of the sack. We start throwing them around as kids. We're like not eating the oranges. So we're like playing a game with it. This orange starts to leak red. We go and we open it up and there's literally like something injected in the orange. So from that day forth in my family, we cut up oranges. You weren't, you know, like when you would squeeze them till this day, it's hard for me to eat an orange or any kind of citrus fruit and just like Mm. suck it. But that has been my experience. So I don't know how fake that was, you know, but... I had that experience, so mm-hmm. I I may be the only person that had that experience, but my sister and my friends we all remember it, and it just yeah my relationship with oranges that I don't pick from a tree or that mm-hmm. are not given to me from someone that I know that I know picked from a tree it's a very very faulty, mm-hmm. <laughs> and luckily we actually grow oranges in the village. I think that incident mm-hmm. of us growing oranges on my mom's at my mom's place and grape fruit and lemon all started then so we started growing like we have citrus fruit everywhere in the village like we've got so many citrus fruit trees so yeah that was an experience and we took it to my grandmother and my grandmother saved it for all the adults so that everybody in the village could be equally traumatized so very very crazy story right
1: One yeah of the yeah so
0: Fake news, not fake news. One experience doesn't necessarily make it all the experiences in the world. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I think at the heart of it, you must really be mindful and uh, and understand for ourselves when we are infringing on other people's human rights. Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important because HIV yeah. right at the beginning. It was yeah. about human rights. It's a human rights mm-hmm. disease. It's a, it, it was always um, about human rights because when mm-hmm. you tell me I can't take care of this because you believe or you dreamt or something this and that, 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 you have already infringed on my independence to think for myself
0: and make a decision for myself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I, think I didn't know there was so much, to be honest, I didn't know there was so much political stuff around ARVs. Um, yeah, like I thought I knew a lot about what happened in different spaces and especially within the HIV AIDS space growing up in South Africa, all that, and growing up with parents that are medical professionals. I didn't, but like for some reason, as you're talking, I'm just like, I had no clue. And it's starting to help me understand why so many doctors talk about people defaulting, especially in South Africa, right? Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And I do think it's part of the denialism, right? It's that like, it's a constant um, having to, I guess like if you're taking the pill, then you can't, it pulls or pull, then you can't really, deny that this is in your face, right? That this is something that you're struggling with right now. And Mm -hmm. I think that may be the thing with the vaccine as well, is that many people don't want to face that, right? And so, but I also think, so here's the other thing with the vaccine. And I think also it may also apply to the ARV space is that a lot of Black people are really scared of big pharma, right? Because of how the medical industry has actively experimented on black and brown bodies without our knowledge, right? So there is that actual deep fear. And I think that for that not to be addressed is a fallacy because governments globally are refusing to address that. And I'm just like, that needs to be addressed if you want people to trust the vaccine you know because a lot of us this is the thing we carry that trauma we carry that secondary trauma the vicarious trauma we carry a lot of that generational trauma yeah so yes. it's i think this is such a complex issue for me i can see what is hap- what happens with big pharma because it is a complicated issue even for me to eventually decide to take the vaccine It took a lot of like sitting with the fear going into it. My biggest fear wasn't around like it will change your genetic makeup. My biggest fear is what if they are experimenting on us? You know, what are all these things? So and like I kept I always say to people, I won't argue with someone that doesn't want to take the vaccine because Mm -hmm. I myself, I'm still like Tuskegee. I'm not sure what's going to happen in another two years, what's going to come up, you know, in terms of side effects or anything, you know? So yeah. it's it's such a delicate balance because I think that the systems that our medical system has done so much to erode trust with people. And I feel like the, the movements that we're seeing against the, the vaccine are actually highlighting that lack of trust. Right. And that is really the core issue is that people are saying we do not trust you and Mm -hmm. governments are not listening instead Mm -hmm. of understanding where is this lack of trust coming from and how Mm -hmm. do we rebuild trust with people?
1: Yes, yes. And I'll tell you a short story on the trust. So because we have trust issues with ARVs too, we have, yeah. we have trust issues with HIV prevention um, um, mm-hmm. clinical trials, because that's where I spent a good part of my career life at as well, mm-hmm. doing HIV pre- prevention clinical trials, working mm-hmm. as a community community support manager, Community, I, I always worked on the community side of things. So mm-hmm. when when communities came and said, you want to do a clinical trial what does that mean we don't trust you do you know how hard we worked we worked so hard such that all material was translated in the yes. uh, we we came in and we would pull up banners in a vernacular language and it was done so respectfully uh, i remember i worked in KZN. i worked in KZN and um Ghaltang and the Northwest provinces in the mm-hmm. clinical trial spaces. So when I worked in KZM, I Zulu, Sam, I'm so I Zulu, so I'm Tosa. So isiZulu, my my Zulu is good because I'm married to a Zulu man, right? And I mm-hmm. spend a good bulk of my life there. But my accent has not changed. I still speak Isizulu with my Tosa accent, right? Yeah. And, and I, and I understood that in case that people were then mesmerized with the accent and they wanted to correct
0: the accent. <laughs> 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 They're like, we hear you, we hear you. Let Please, can we just start? <laughs> yes.
1: So they wanted to fix that. And then I thought, okay, the respect to this concern, which was not actually laid out as a concern, was for me to allow for my colleagues who are Zulu speaking to do this because we want to get the message across. We don't yeah. want people rushing in decision making. We wanted people to understand it in their vernacular, to go home and think mm-hmm. and come back and ask some more questions. Whatever it takes, people had to enter that space with some level of comfort. You know, it was never always around 100 percent, of course, but we we really had uh, respect in the in the dignity of people, and we had to understand that. Okay. See,
0: and I feel like that needs to be done even now with vaccines. Like I think Hugh, I like as I'm watching all this, I'm like these are trauma responses. All the things that people, the world is telling the medical industry telling our governments telling big pharma there is a breakdown in trust mm-hmm. this is an issue like they have not done anything to repair that trust and what you guys did was you established that trust and people trusted you and then they move forward because mm-hmm. it's yes. also like the human body is all we've got, you know. Yeah, it's literally yeah. all we've got. Absolutely. So even me, like I'm, I won't lie. Like I've taken this thing, and I'm like, hmm. We'll <laughs> see side effects in another two years or so, you know. But I'm still like, you know, you. N- I'm also not fully. I got where I got to when I decided to take the vaccine because I got to a level of trust. I did my research. I asked questions and I was like, huh. But I still have that 5% of me that is like, hmm, Mm,
1: not trusting.
0: But I did enough research. I had to go do my own research research to get to that level. But the truth is that, again, we have tons of evidence that where – Especially, I say, especially with people of color, with black and brown bodies, where this trust has been completely eroded. So I always say, like, it's different when people are being anti-vax because they are anti-vax because uh, they believe that the vaccine will change their DNA, et cetera, to people like myself who are very hesitant, and who are still hesitant, I wouldn't call these people anti-vax. I would say these people have a legitimate reason to Mm -hmm. say, we do not trust the medical industry. Mm -hmm. We don't trust whatever you bring out. And because we are black or brown, we have experience and we Mm -hmm. carry this trauma. And Mm -hmm. it makes us scared. So There are two different factions right now within this uh, vaccine movement. And I think that they have to be addressed. One is about informing and information, et cetera. The other, it's like centuries of just abuse and being violated, right? I don't know what we do about this because it is very, very relevant. Mm -hmm. This is especially with black and brown bodies. So the medical industry has done a lot to us as these people, as malinated people, and it has to be acknowledged.
1: Yeah. 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 Absolutely, mm-hmm. Ben. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with you there at all. And especially because I and I'm listening to you and I'm going back in memory because mm-hmm. I, I even want to talk about the 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 the, how we got to embrace traditional practitioners, traditional leadership, mm. traditional practitioners in the AIDS response work, because mm. we—and it was not easy. I mean, they—they they were mm. not offered a chair on the yeah. on, the, on in, in the in the table. There was a whole lot of lobbying that had to happen there, and they and I think what it draw what dawned in the minds of, of of the principals of the politicians is that yeah. actually you know what when we as we were doing the work we understood that actually people are, tra- are, are, um, are consulting the, the the traditional people, so we can't run away from that fact. It's a fact, and we have to yeah. respect that. But now, how do we come together and work towards assisting Tabita? We, yeah. we had to. Bushing that it took a lot of sweat blood sweat oh, wow. to come to a place where we're like okay tabita is a patient tabita if she's
0: sick the first point of healthcare contact will be with a traditional healer exactly you exactly know, you know, and i feel exactly. like this is what a lot of people are missing right now the first point of contact in most countries is ayurvedic doctors it's your Healers on social media—it's your sangomas that people go to more than anything, even if it's all for COVID. You know, I'm like, why? Because they built up that trust with these people, right? Hmm. (sighs) Yeah, there's there's a lot there. So for me, it's I had to do a lot of unpacking for myself. You know, I had to do my own. In a work and my own unpacking on this, and sat down with my sister. We spoke about it. There was a lot of back and forth. So, I feel again, like I said, I do think that there's two different movements, you know, around vaccinations, and both these movements have to be addressed. But, Telicham, let's head on to the money conversation. And I'm very like, guys, feel free to comment on this, right? Because we are in the midst of a global pandemic and a trauma. And we're discussing two very traumatic incidents right now. There's the HIV pandemic that happened, where Mm. people wouldn't take medication. And now there's COVID, the same kind of pandemic, and people are triggered in the same way as before. And I want us to acknowledge that. And I want us to acknowledge the trauma that's coming up there. And Tabitha, I hope that you, as I ask these questions and I ask about how you mm-hmm. dealt with that trauma, like how you're dealing with these triggers, you're able to help us. Okay, mm-hmm. so maybe yeah. let's start with that question. How have you been dealing with these triggers? Because it ma- it is extremely tri- uh, triggering. So what are you doing on a daily basis to keep yourself together like I don't know if there's even a better word for that you know to just hold it together to not scream to not lose it how do you deal
1: I think at the what is most important is is um, which is also what I've learned being a, a, a student uh, a wealthy money student is the fact that not running away from it so I sit with it I get so angry. I get so triggered. I watch my colleagues asking crazy silly questions. I judge, I judge it, I won't lie, I judge it a lot. To say, how the hell can you ask such a thing on social media when you could go and research and find out because this, I mean, it's a biomedical intervention, go and check with the people that create the vaccines and don't say those things on social media. We are already, you know, there's just a lot going on. So I get angry. I acknowledge my anger. Yeah. I acknowledge the feelings that I have. Yeah. And um, um and also since I, I, I became a student, I, I also am I am a student, I am a student in the in meditation. So yeah. I have yes and appreciated the importance of breathing. Yeah. So I will I used to think this
0: is what what the heck? Breathing is breathing. Right, like everyone breathes. That's, what, all, that's <laughs> what one of my clients said to me. She was like, when you first started doing having me do breath work, and I have one client where all we did was just <laughs> anapana, not even proper breathing, not even like the breath work in the meditations. And I was just like, for one hour in our coaching session, I just said, just had him breathe in and out through his nose. He was like. Not even through his mouth, no sounding out. I was just like, we're just going to focus on your breath. He was like, dude, everyone breathes. What's gonna, what's this going to do to me? He is so, like, obsessed now with just basic Anapana meditation. Yes. He's just like, this changed my life. I was like, it really is. It changes
1: your life because when you are breathing, you are acknowledging it, and then it resonates. When you say "feel in your body," when does it round it out? I'm like, okay, I'll do all of this because I need to survive this moment, right? Mm-hmm. So I I do a lot of that, and um, um, and I'm I'm conscious. I'm 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 conscious about. And again, like you said, we must really um understand and acknowledge the trauma of, of, of our people so I, I really do i do yeah. at was last week i took my car in for service right and then I'm, you know how they put you in a in one car when they drop you off so they yeah. put me in one car with this couple and the and the driver starts a conversation about the vaccine and i'm like okay tapita you're gonna keep quiet okay you're not gonna say anything and the couple is agreeing that, no, we're not vaccinated. They're giving all these reasons and so on and so forth. And I'm like, but something is burning in me. I want to speak, but I don't know if I will, it will end well. I don't know if it will end well. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so guess oh, I, I love I, your passion.
1: I know, you know, and then I'm like, so I ask, so uh, do, do you have children? And he says to me, yes. Because I didn't know how much long we had in the camp, right? Mm -hmm. And then he said to me, yes, I do. And I'm like, "Um, do you? Also, if anything happened to you, God forbid, your family will look after your children, right? No, I don't get along with one brother. And he goes on (laughs) and on about his brother. And then I said, "Um, so God forbid again, if you have COVID and it takes you away and the brother that you dislike takes care of your children and inherits all of your wealth. This man went stone cold. I know that was not the best thing to say. It was not even the right thing to say, but I, I, I felt okay if I don't say anything, it's gonna even eat at me some more. Mm. Um, I know I, I used shock there, but I wanted them to think about something, and I hope them leaving because five minutes later they were, they were out of the car. I wanted to spark, I want to spark curiosity. Go find out. Don't tell me about what Twitter is saying. Don't tell me about what the communities on on Facebook are saying. Go read. This is a biomedical intervention. It requires specific knowledge background. Go read. Mm. Acknowledge your thoughts and your and your and the misconceptions. So so that's the other thing I do. I don't I don't say a lot a whole lot. I um I just speak when I'm, I'm when I'm pressed to speak. Uh, but. <laughs> but I, I I try to preserve myself then. And I think this is what the space has taught me as well to say, please preserve yourself because these things are, are texting. It's, you are spending energy when you speak. Um, and, and because because I'm an I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm an activist at heart, so sometimes I say something nice, but the but the how it's coming out is not nice. But if you listen to the words alone, they're beautiful, they're loving, but it's the manner in which it is delivered. So I'm like, Tabitha, say little, preserve yourself and just give information when you are required to or asked to and just leave it to people to make decisions. I think that that is the kind of maturity also that has come with with being in this space and and truly Mm -hmm. understanding people
0: yeah i love what you're speaking about the importance of self-preservation right like it's i think what i've learned during the pandemic i think what and what the work has taught me is that i'm exhausted we are all exhausted right so i first i wanted to respond to everything and be like do this do that oh my gosh when you're anxious around COVID, do this And all I could do was to say, I'm just going to show up and give the resources that I can, the free resources that I can, hold space where I can if it's free. And then the rest I'm going to give to people that are my clients and my students. But I also need to work on myself because I noticed that I get I'm exhausted. Right. Like everything is exhausting. So I had to learn to pull back, not be on social media all the time. I had to learn to sit in my body, to breathe, to work out, to keep taking care of myself. And I was like, this is it. This is fine. Like if all I do is keep doing this and keep showing up and keep supporting to the best of my ability. I no have, like I used to feel like I need to give my opinion and share certain things when there's like abusers out there like do the most and I think what the pandemic taught me was how do I look after myself how do I self-care and guys sorry if you're hearing that little noise out there that weird noise is I do not know the English word for these birds people keep telling me the English word I keep forgetting amantarantara yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in like I do not like One of my friends told me just last week what the English word is. It just refuses to stick in my head all these years. (laughs) You know, like I only know, I can only know the Zulu word, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, so I really, really love what you've said about um, the self-preservation. But before we even dig deeper into your money story, what does money mean to you and how would you describe money to an alien?
1: For me, money is a, it, I have a basic, basic uh, interpretation to it. It's a form of, it's, it's what I use to transact. But more than that, it is, it is power. It, it, it holds a lot of power that can get me anything uh, I want and need. It is a source of negotiation. I, I believe you can even negotiate your, money, your life with money. That's how powerful it is. I, I I am completely in acknowledgement of the power of money. I see it as this very very powerful source that can literally take you to the places you wanna go to, be who you wanna be. It buys you almost everything. Uh, even buys you respect of others because when you see people with money, they. People tend to think differently around people with money and you, you are addressed by your title and, uh, you know, it comes with a whole lot of those superficial pecs. Um, this which is unfortunately which true. Yeah, those superficial... Yeah. It yeah. buys you respect where you have not even ended. Yep. So I see it. Yeah. un respect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yep. buys you that. It buys you... A table in a seat, I mean, a seat in a table you don't deserve, where you could literally become absolutely disruptive in that table, but money will get you there. (laughs) It will get you there. But also money will will secure. It gives a strong sense of security. I mean, for me, when I have money, I am at peace. I'm
0: peaceful inside, (laughs) like inside. Meanwhile, in the money magic course, I'm trying to teach you guys to be at peace with or without money. But I get it, there is a greater peace. Well, you yes. have money. greater peace. Money <laughs> greater peace. peace.
1: Let me tell you about my late grandfather. Bless <laughs> his soul. My grandfather loved money unapologetically.
0: Oh my he, gosh.
1: He had the same skin tone like me, uh, or maybe a shade lighter. But when yeah. my grandfather had money then, if you gave him like hardcore cash in his hand yeah. on a cold minus zero degree day, my grandfather would literally illuminate. I'm not joking. <laughs> he would be so light-skinned and he would sweat and you could see peace in his eyes. You, know? <laughs> you could see peace in his eyes. <laughs> I, I, it was, love it. Yeah, I was not aware until I joined the wealthy the money course I was not aware that my grandfather actually is the very first teacher I had that taught me
0: oh.
1: without saying anything that actually you see my grandchild money is peace money can money. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: god this is classic I love it so then did you so uh, did your grand, as your grandfather has come up as your spirit of money guide or any of your guides in the course, I'm just really interested in the meditation. Yes. Oh, wow. He, he didn't come in the first meditations,
1: my first uh, medica- meditation sessions. He came.
0: Because you came. probably weren't there with money yet, right? You were still no. like... He deep in the trenches and he was like no as an ancestor this is not i uh-huh. i don't know this yeah, sure. i don't understand this this not this blockage to money and not love of money i'll come when she's open to it <laughs>
1: he came later like a few months ago to be precise he only came a few months ago i've been in the wealthy money course for a year to 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 august i think i joined on the twenty. 9th of August. So uh, he only came three months or four months ago.
0: Wow. So you joined the course when? Remind me, Tavita, was it in 2020 or 2019? In last year, last year, August. Oh, in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yes. Wow. That is so, so fascinating. So when did you start suspecting, I guess, like your grandfather? Um, helped you realize that it's okay to love money, but when did you start a, a suspecting that? Hi, man, it's actually not about budgeting and all the things that we're taught. That there's more to money than just budgeting and spending less. Yes, yes.
1: So, so it it started when I um I was trying to recall actually then when I even ever heard your name. I think it was 2018. I I, am really convinced that I was talking to Azola about something and your name came up and then she said something that made me look you up and I subscribed. I can't remember really the content of our conversation. And then I started getting those emails. So when I looked at your emails, they were talking about you traveling. And I thought, well, wait, I'm not about traveling. I want... It
0: it didn't resonate with anyone. I don't know why everyone only picks that up from the emails. I feel like I send out such incredible emails around trauma and money, but like obviously, usually when I send out the email, my first line is like hello from thailand hello from bali hello from this (laughs) yes and we stop there then we hear hello from thailand and we see
1: the beautiful picture and we're like girl you want to sell me my future wait hang on i'm not there yet i'll get money i'll travel i'll get you so it's not even going into the email itself and reading Uh -uh. it's that gorgeous picture of you in some with the background the sea background
0: i'm like she's living her
1: life this one but i so so it's oh, like I wonder
0: if I should stop posting this, if I should stop telling people where I am in the world when I send out emails, because clearly no, it's a to the teachings.
1: <laughs> no, don't stop, don't stop. And for me, when I realized that there was it was much more deeper is when I listened because before I joined the course, I really wrote on the free videos, right? So you had uh, two videos that resonated with me. You were interviewing one. I think you interviewed Polite. And then the other mm-hmm. one, you interviewed uh, Putanang, yes. And uh, I think it was Putanang who shared a story about fibroids. And then yes, it was Putanang. And I stopped. Like, I think I've listened to that video four or five times. Wow. In Polite's video, I think I've listened to it. More than I listened to the videos more than once because at first the the, the 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 meaning is too overwhelming and I had to I have to sit it in and 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 marinate in the information and then I go back again and I and I was listening to the video I was not a student then so Putana was talking about how how she had pain and she was on the side of the road she went to see a guy me and so on and so forth and a penny dropped because I I had, um, I have three children, right? I told you, and um, on, when I was pregnant with number three, uh, my gynae told me that there is a growth in my womb, but the growth was not disrupting the pregnancy. So he would observe it. We leave it alone. We let the baby grow. We leave the growth alone because it was not interfering, right? And this was about six five or six months of pregnancy with Ayabusa, my last child. And then we had a conversation about, um, um, what is Ukvalinzalo in English? Um, yeah, that, I've forgotten. <laughs> oh, to well. uh,
0: like a hysterectomy.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. So um, um, we were talking about that and I thought, okay, let me have the baby. Let me sit with this thinking for another six months, and then I'll come back and and and, and do what needs
0: to be done. And then he we, he so, had the medical in. profession is so fast to recommend hysterectomy Hey, okay? I know Sorry, guys, this is just me. Like one day I will interview Jane about how my mother she shared in the retreats, like Jane of Jane's chili that's I how enjoy. I met her because my mother uh she shared at the retreats how my mother helped her with her womb. She was months away from getting a hysterectomy. And my mother was like, Don't go, <laughs> like I can help you. So, guys, my mom is like the ultimate wounded healer in terms of like she just knows how to heal almost any, I'd say almost any like physical thing. Mm-hmm. Like she's known in the village, you know, she's mm-hmm. great with herbs. She just she can sense like Jane tells the story how she was walking down the road. And my mother was like, just stopped her and said, there's something wrong with you and mm-hmm. I can heal. You. And she was like, how did you know? <laughs> you know? But like, obviously, my mom is extremely problematic, especially for me as my mother. <laughs> like I've shared on this podcast how she's extremely abusive, but she's also like this incredible, I'll give her that, right? Like she is incredible as a healer. Even me, when I face issues, I'm always like, heal me, you know, <laughs> like any physical <laughs> illness yeah but sorry I uh, sorry to go on that tangent but my whole point was to say Jane had this was three years ago Jane Uh went back to the doctors after whatever my mom healed her and my mom asked for 50 rand by the way guys that was like five that's that's like three dollars another story for another day she just wanted the energy exchange right Uh (laughs) and so like Um, the doctors were like oh we must have misdiagnosed this uh you don't need a hysterectomy anymore because not everything requires surgery some things are very much about to heal the body it's emotional it's food it's herbs it's medicine right there's other things and food is medicine herbs are medicine all that and like I said I grew up with a mom who's who was a nurse but also a healer so like I grew up learning that food is medicine herbs are medicine and this is why like for me this is why I'm vegan I eat the way I do because this is how it's brought up most times you know most of the time except for the meat part like my mom was all about let's eat chicken you know but yeah but mm. they, you can heal the body sometimes it's to the extreme where you do need surgery you do need hysterectomies yes, right yes,
1: yes, yeah. yes.
0: sorry Tabitha to interrupt I just no, want to
1: okay. absolutely I am um, I, I agree um so we so six months later Tim and I just said okay fine um We want to close the shop now. I don't want any more children. I'm done having children. So I'm going to go for this. I go consult my guy and he says to me, remember the growth we spoke about when you were six months pregnant? And uh, I mean, this is now in um, 20, last year was 2020, 2019. He says that growth now is the size of a tennis ball. Um, So when we do the op, we may as well take out the growth. And I I said, okay, fine. But what, so we did that procedure, I came out, I healed. But when I was listening to Putanan, I went back to that memory. Because when I was conversing with my doctor, he told me that, well, this is normal. You know how they like normalizing abnormal things. It's normal. It's normal. It happens with women of your age, and also being a certain age, like it's some kind of a kiss As if if you're in your forties, some things are not supposed to happen with you. Um, your reproductive health is really, yeah, like a past thing. It does not matter much, or all of these anomalies must be expected as you age. Which 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 some of us have proven differently. Because I had my second child at thirty-six. I had my last child at thirty-nine. I have mm. a friend
0: who had a first child at 50. So they say mm. these things. Wow, your That's your so friend funny. had a first child at 50? Yes, 50. just it us being saying, she's like to me, don't worry about your biological clock. When you're ready don't. to give birth, come to me. This is what acupuncture yes. is for. This is what I yes. do. I'm like, okay. Yes. yes, my friend had number one at 50.
1: Number one is now 11, and she is 60, turning 61 later in the year. No way. Beautiful. Absolute. And I think there's this, children stop us aging, you know? You, you don't, because when I look at them, they, they, the mother doesn't look 50, 60. The child mm-hmm. looks like,
0: she looks like she's in her 30s, and this boy is just growing along. Oh, that is so beautiful, but you also know. What they say about black women? <laughs> so. We don't crack, my dear. It's very don't true. Crack. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I'm is- such a beautiful story. Thank you for giving. Up a- I mean, like I've been so unbothered because so many healers globally, even in Thailand, healers are like, "Sis, don't worry about your biological clock. When you're ready, and you, if you get into your forties and you don't like, when you finish your thirties and you don't have a baby." Come to us in your 40s, you're good. I've been like, Yes, this is what people do, you know, <laughs> like yes. it's not a train
1: smash, uh-uh. it's just a number. You just look after your body well, and you'll have that child at 50 if you want them at 50. They'll come beautifully, bouncy, beautiful babies. Don't worry about it. Oh
0: my that. gosh, I love this!
1: So, 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 um, he was saying he was normalizing this growth, and, I, and then he said something like. And I said, when I asked him, where, where did it come from? And he said, you we were born with it. And that's what made me stop in my tracks to think about it. So if I was born wow. with a growth and it sat with me and never, I mean, never disrupted never. Any, it never grew, it never disrupted any of my pregnancies. What, what the hell does this mean, right? And for it now to show up, because I, I, I want to believe i a had very good guidance throughout my pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Why did the other two not pick up this growth uh, and And this doctor picked it up um, well, it was what it was, so I was listening to Putana, and then I was translating what she was saying to what was happening in my career too at the time you know usually I would move within the ranks uh two years, maximum three years I would mm. be at the next level, but yeah, I was not moving like I was sure. not shifting I was a, and and it, it it was became a toil to yeah. move within the ranks right yeah uh, and i and i started thinking about all the things that don't make sense that i've sort of assumed they made sense yeah so that, that, there was that part in my career where i wasn't seeing any progression mm-hmm. you know in mm-hmm. terms of ranks and also looking at how we even bought our house there was a time when the banks were saying, we can't find your employer. So we're not going to give you a loan. I'm like, no. I am like, I work for an international organization. How are you not able to find my employer? It took nine months, Vangile. The house that we live in we is the only house that my husband and I agreed to purchase because he was about certain things, certain specs. I want this and I want that and I want that. Me, I just wanted a home. I wanted a beautiful
0: one. that's all. Thank God your husband is discerning, right? Because <laughs> then you yeah, were like, thanks. where you were, you would have just taken anything. But thank God Absolutely. there was someone that's like, I want Absolutely. this, I want this, I want this. Yes, at, at some point we were not even
1: talking because I was so angry that, what is wrong with you? Can we just not buy a house and fix it? Those these things can be bought. We can buy a house and do all this. And he was like, nope, I want those things ready. And then we can fix other things they will be minor but these things will cost us a lot of money to start in the new home so i tagged along and we agreed and finally we saw this house and um and then the bank the bank told us the story of we can't find you your company does not exist i was like how is that even possible how is this possible it seemed when they were doing the the checks in terms of your employment My employer was non-existent, right? Yeah. Um, And it stalled the process. And there was a time when we thought, okay, we'll start from scratch uh, at some point. Uh, It's not what we want to do. But the only house we agreed on, and now the bank is giving us a story. But we can't. And one fateful day, an estate agent called us to say, you remember that house? It's still available. It's on the market. That's now eight months down the line, eight months. Sure. And we said, okay, let's try again with the bank. And, the, and it came through. And we were able to purchase the home. So even this that struggle then, I wasn't used to that. Why, why the, I asked I started asking why? Why did it take so long? Why mm. am I going through all of this? Why does everything seem like um, a struggle? Why yeah, like
0: why is everything now stagnating, you know? Why is anything taking so long to come to me? Mm-hmm. Everything True. would take
1: and I was praying. I mean, I come from a Christian background. My yeah. God,
0: I was praying. I yeah, I'm glad that you said that because some people will probably think she wasn't praying hard enough. Meanwhile, oh my gosh. This I is fasted, so interesting. I interesting
1: I prayed, I prayed in tongues. I did
0: all the things. I I always say people do that. eh? Like when I used to do my fast, people would be like my juice fast, my 10 day fast or my 21 day fast. People would be like, what are you tying? Like, what are you fasting for? And I think a lot of people would get disappointed because I'm like, Oh, I'm just doing a 21 day fast just to cleanse my body. I no. I, I learned I then that I was wasting my fast. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> that no, you must that. tie your fast to something. Yeah. But also, in all fairness to me, I didn't grow up in a Christian background, right? In a religious background. so. I don't know that like you tie fast to an intention. So yes. to me, it was like, oh, 10 day juice fast with my friends or 21 day grape fast. Like it was always, <laughs> it was just an experiment to see what would happen in my body, you know? <laughs> you, <laughs> like, body yeah, no. you fast for certain things and I
1: had done all of that really. And you know, there's a, there's a I think it's a scripture where it says, if you want God to do something, um, bigger or better, you have to do things that you have not done before, maybe I'm making it up but I, mm. I left this in church so I thought I'm, I have not prayed like this, this is a special way that I'm praying and this is a special way I'm I'm, I'm interacting I'm really trying to do
0: things right but things are not coming forth I'm struggling. I'm so sorry, Tabitha. I'm laughing because remember my story that I shared in the student group with the 10-hour chanting sessions that I used to host to have my financial breakthrough where we chant for 10 hours, you guys. And nothing would move for me either. So I get it. No, nothing moved. Nothing moved then.
1: Nothing happened until until then. I was listening to the videos and I was And I thought, hmm, maybe this. Do something you've never done before is this. It is this. So I'm coming. So I was like, onto your videos, literally all the time, listening to your videos, watching these women. Because remember, I mean, I have my own stereotypes and my own judgments in my head. I'm like, okay, let's see if these women look like me first. Yeah. Let's see if there's anything I resonate with them too. <laughs> and you see if, if it feels. I, I was even judging comfortability by just looking at the video, watching the videos. To say, okay, oh, my you know,
0: goodness.
1: It is that crazy. The stereotypes and, and the societal norms run that deep in how we live our daily lives, really.
0: Oh, wow. So, so you wanted to see if the people looked like you. What What is it that you're trying to get to? I <laughs> got very fascinated. So you have accountants in the class. You have professional people. I'm like, this thing oh, oh, my gosh. You intellectuals, the intellectuals of South Africa. Oh, my gosh. I forgot that you guys are like that. Who? Okay, so if there's yes. a doctor, I'm sure Mizo's episode was a tick for you. Do you know? Putanan, chartered accountant, another tick. Yes. All yes. these people, you're like, yeah, I can uh-huh. I can roll with those people. They're talking economics degree. Why yes. tick. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and here's
1: the here is the cherry on top. Van has an MBA, so it works. I'm coming. She has an MBA, she's educated, I'm coming. Okay. She's not some people, <laughs> some she is she, she's the girl that has an MBA. You know, I never
0: ever mentioned my MBA. Like I always forget that I have a finance degree, I've got an MBA. But I should mention it for people like you, right? Because people like, yeah. So shallow then, so shallow. It's it's
1: it's really <laughs> so shallow. But we yes, but that's that's where we have come from, you know. So and I thought, okay. I will continue listening in the videos because these are normal people. Mm. And yeah, the stories resonate, and, and I could I could critique myself and say, "Hey, but maybe even the fact that I'm an impulsive buyer because um, because we sort of put frills and make bad things look good, retail yeah.
0: therapy." Right, like maybe these people are being paid by me to come on these videos to say things. Who knows? You know. (laughs) But the stories, but the stories are too real. I
1: resonated with them. I could see myself, I could see myself behaving that way. So I thought, no,
0: there's something
1: going on. Yeah, no, these
0: people are not paid. I think that's the thing. People say to me, know that I'm like I listen to the I watch people on video, and then I go on their Facebook profile, and I'm like, no, these people are real. These are real people. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the stories are so real. They
1: they speak. They speak things you whisper in the corners. And like, yo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, how do you lay your laundry like this? You know, this this video is on YouTube. The whole world
0: is going to listen to this. Your life is gonna change. <laughs> I am loving so much. Oh my gosh, guys! Intellectual snobbery is a real thing in this world. Okay, it's a real thing. I'm telling you, we will lose out like, investing. I did in it. Before. Like I sometimes do believe that the reason why some people even mess with me in any way or even give me an opportunity is when they learn that I've got an MBA. They like. Mm-hmm hmm because at first when people hear ancestral money trauma they're like no 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 it like they shut off to it and we all have ideas of what ancestral is and all that and when they hear this I think it's like I'm palatable I become yeah. a little easier to yeah. digest yes. <laughs> yes. okay when she talks of business at least we know she has something to back it up yes so I always laugh at that because I'm like yeah that's so interesting Um, yeah yeah I I hope like my little cousin is listening to this because I'm trying to get him to go back to school and do things and I told him this I'm like this is the unfortunate thing of the world I know you don't want to finish high school but just like finish it just to get it out the way and then get Mm -hmm. the degree to get Mm -hmm. it out the way. So Mm -hmm. my sister and I have been sitting down with him and he literally said, you know, the story, right? How he's like, you just want to slow me down. School is going to slow me down. But guys, if you're listening to this, it's, it's an unfortunate thing. I love that Tavita is so honest that this is why we get these qualifications, right? Mm -hmm. Even if I'm not like using them, at least, they back that up in a way. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you for being that honest, Tabitha. I really, really love that. So mm-hmm. now that you're in the course, let's talk about it. Is it like, did I make a good thing look, did I make a bad thing look good? Did the students make a bad thing look good? What have been some of your shifts around finances around income savings debt all that good stuff (laughs) yeah so so i know i think um
1: the i the 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 advertising of the course and how you come across those were real that that, that's honest and and that's that's what i continue to enjoy and um and also coming into and there's more honestly Mm. because i was one of those i don't want to take away from the fact that I also at some point thought, ah, I looked at the price of the course. I'm like, ah, man, I'm still kids. Come on, wait a bit. I, I'm, My son is still in nappies, Just hang on a a bit. <laughs> I rejoined. But then I, when I was listening, what did I learn it? That, oh, no, the price keeps going up. So Tabitha, yeah. probably, this is the cheapest price you'll pay. If you come back in three years, you will really True. not be able to afford it. Okay? True. <laughs> so that too because i remember i i think i sent you an email and you had i had just listened to one of the videos and yeah. you, were, you advertised the course at the end of that video and yeah. um and i sent you an email and you were saying to me it closed I, it was a sunday i remember mm-hmm. precisely after listening to the video i drop you a line um to say um i would be interested in joining the course mm-hmm. uh when does it close? And you Mm. said, tonight. (laughs) And I thought, who? Oh, I was sorry about that. There was a call there. So Mm. I felt, okay, let me... I checked in with a friend. I'm like, girl, because I've been talking to her about you. We've been gossiping about you. I'm like... (laughs) This girl has really, really gotten into me now.
0: I think I want to do the course.
1: Um, huh? yeah. What do you think? Yeah, guys, like- if you're
0: listening to this, you're going to hate me for a while, especially when you find out my pricing, but then you're going to be like, what the hell?" Like, I can't, I need to be in this, especially you are one of those people whose ancestors are feeling the cause. Uh, no, <laughs> forgive know. yourself and forgive your ancestors. Go argue with your ancestors, not me. You know, you know.
1: <laughs> so, so she said to me, she said, enroll, you got the money? I'm like, it's in the piggy bank, girl. That's special <laughs> money. It's not for those type of things. said, <laughs> spend that money, it will be worth your while. I joined the cause just like that. Because I could hear you say, saying it's closing tonight, and I thought, well, now or never, I yeah. must do it now, and and I don't regret. It. It's one of, I, it's the best money I've ever spent on myself. If I want to call it retail shopping, it's the <laughs> best. because then you know what I do. Their work is so hard, but it makes me feel so good when I am able to log in and have access. That feels like. I have walked into Louis Vuitton and I've grabbed the bag, the access alone, and scrolling through everything. I'm like, huh! everything I need to know is here. This is the <laughs> best thing ever. Even though I will go on to the car slowly, I think I'm one of the slowest with the with the cost because the. the Ah, uh, trust
0: me, me too, hey. Like you guys know, I've been patted the guard wound for weeks now. I'm still within, like. And when yeah, yeah. I had a meeting with Ritani. She's like, you're not okay. I'm like, I'm in the middle of the God wound. It's, yeah. it's dealing with me. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> I'm like, yeah. I am there. Like, it is dealing with me and I'm not okay. Like, people can see when I'm in the midst of some of the hectic work because you can't rush through it. So we're mm-hmm. talking about that. I was like, I can't rush this. I can't mm-hmm. rush through it. I'm not in a happy space because of it, but, but guys, the thing, once you do the work and you're within the things that have been happening, even in the background, Mm. you just, you sit and you do it and you're like, Mm. because that trauma is really, those blessings were always there all that we're doing when we're healing is we're now like opening up so that the blessings find us with ease and speed. Exactly. That we stop. Because the truth is, have you noticed when you do the work, you're like, oh my gosh, I am the block. Yes. You know, it's actually not the big thing. It's me. It's me. Yeah, just do. That That realization is hard,
1: hey? It's very hard. No, it takes a lot. I will never, ever downplay or water down the intensity of the course it is the work is hard but i think i always remind myself that i have to do the work i have to do the work i have to move past feeling like i've just bought a louis vuitton bag or a estee lauder lipstick <laughs> i have to move past that i sit in the estee lauder lipstick feeling for a moment because i'm like oh some people who are not in the money magic course are mm-hmm. grabbing videos on youtube mixing information doing all kinds of things that's their journey i don't judge but i find myself in a privileged space in that it's all there
0: for me it's all there i keep telling people because like people will will say but i watched this video why am i not shifting i'm like if you're not in the course you're getting me intellectually but you need to experience these things the shift is in the experience it has to be experienced i'm glad that you talk about that and then people will grab this, grab this. Like when I talk of the God wound, I've seen this so often where I talk about the God wound and someone hears about the God wound and then they make assumptions based on what the God wound is. And then they go and they start talking about it on these social mm-hmm. media streets. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, yeah, that is not the God wound. right? <laughs> like you yep. think it's about religion. It is one factor, but the God wound is so much more than that. Like I said, I didn't grow up in the religious background, so I don't have deep religious trauma, but I've got my own issues around the divine that have actually nothing to do with religion or even spirituality, but have to do with life lived, you know? So I think yes. that is so so important to note. So Tabitha, do you mind telling us what are some shifts? Because I think this is what like gets people so excited. Like, mm-hmm. what are actual monetary shifts that you saw um, yeah. in your life as you started doing the course? Yeah, one of my
1: biggest things then was over and above that, I have I have three kids, a husband, a helper, and a dog. I I would use money. I, I would I I um, I used to be such an um, impulsive buyer mm. and it didn't help much that you can buy online. So Ooh, I, could, yes. Yes, I could wake up then, believe it or not, I would wake up and go online, shop before 8 a.m. And Ooh. when they deliver three days later, I'm like, what? what? Did I buy that? Before I, I had Sissy. 8 a.m. Before 8 a.m. Before the world is awake, Lala, I have it. It's coming. It's on its way. It's gone off the bank account, and and still I was taking money and not and there was no money coming in. So that gap of the three thousand rands that was spent that particular morning, I'm gonna feel it later on in the month because that money below had its own um, responsibilities in the household. Mm-hmm. Remember. So, so the thing that, that's, for me, is the biggest thing that happened, understanding that I, and accepting that this is impulsive buying. Mm-hmm. And actually me buying, when I went back, because now I'm a student, I, I understand things at a much deeper level. Mm-hmm. But okay, I buy this way because when I was eight or nine, mm-hmm. uh, I was raised by my grandparents. Yes. So there were, there were shops called, Sales House. I don't know if you remember Sales House. I remember Sales House. Wow, yes. from like way back. Wow, yes. So Sales House would send you, um if you had an account at Sales House, they would, they would send you a catalog with your account. So there was a catalog. Mm-hmm. My 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 mother's and my aunt, my mom's sister, had a, an account at Sales House. So she would take the 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 bill and she would toss the catalog. I would get lost in that catalog for hours. In the middle page of the catalog there was a form so if you wanted to buy a shoe that was on page 1 labeled 1A I would pretend like I had the money and fill out the form right mm-hmm. and that and the same catalog had, a, had an envelope that you could uh, you didn't need a stamp so you could make your purchase and and send it in the post and my my my, my magazine always always but she never stopped me doing it she would find because then when she goes to the shop because they didn't deliver at home so when she goes to the shop to to, to do her payments i would tell her her order is also ready in this order they would find clothes of eight year olds i have made made the purchase she was picking it up and bringing it home and then and then sometimes she she managed it from the front of the shop and they didn't come to me But the fact that I could, I I, I so much wanted to be able to afford all those clothes. And fast forward, as a working woman, I'm feeding Mm. that 80-year-old child with clothes I don't need because Mm. it was ridiculous and embarrassing how much clothes I had. And Mm. lipsticks and all these things that I'm joking with, I mean, to you about, Mm. that was my reality to say, what the hell am I doing with this? Why do I need this? Wow. I don't need I would have this dress in red and yellow and black. Same dress. Ah. Because I could. I would have this wow. this 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 for me what has been really the biggest shift. So ever
0: since joining the course Ooh, I, I mean it the- started from as a child. As a child. So yeah. to shift that Oh that's powerful. Yeah. So the okay.
1: next shift so the next shift has also been to talk about financial matters in my family, in my home. You know yeah. how I used to, <laughs> I would buy things and hide them in there. You know where you put your, your spare wheel in the car? Yeah. That, that oh. place I would put clothes there and wait for my husband to go, take them out. And when I'm wearing them and he's like, oh, that's new. And I'm like, no, you don't know all my clothes. This is old. I bought this seven months ago. And yet it's fresh from the shops, right? <laughs> it was dishonest, When It is dishonest. <laughs> <laughs> don't be
0: told. That was dishonest. I'm so I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I love the guys from the shop. Because... I would buy clothes. Wow. You know, I, I can't. I'm one of those people, like my family always says this. I'm one of those people. When you ask me a question, something in me makes me tell the truth. I don't know why. So, the way I lie is through just not telling. If you haven't asked the question, then I can avoid it. But so once you ask me a question, what comes out of my mouth. Uh It can't be stopped. Everyone Uh says that. Like, it's a funny thing. Like, you know, when you go out to drinks, my friends always go like, Van, this is your name. If a guy comes up to you and we don't like them, this is your name. From like my teens, after a while, my friends were like, no, you're not allowed to talk. We'll just, you can't say anything. Because once (laughs) you talk, everything comes out the phone numbers, the names, the everything. I'm just like, I don't know why. So I'm you like because I'm like, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was <laughs>
1: dishonest, and those that has changed doesn't happen any longer. And I, I have peace of mind. I I am happy with what is in my wardrobe. I am content, and I there was two times now I have packed up clothes I don't need and I've given them away. I've done that, and it made me feel so good. It felt like a spiritual oh, cleanse. It was more than just. Mm. So, I have been able to do that. And the projects that we want to work through as a family, I mean, those opportunities come. And we're able to have relaxed conversations about money, you know, they, um, because I I have attended to my diso- dishonesty. I have jumped with it. Because then, even, you know, this um, uh, black girl can mentality. And the fact yeah. that because of forms we use, we use our our um, our socialization in manipulative mm-hmm. ways, okay? Yeah. And just because I was raised by women and I come from a family of strong women and I regard yeah. myself as a strong woman, that I must now openly talk about my finances with my husband was a something unacceptable.
0: I should not do that. Oh. You know, I had those. I- Say it, right? They can kill you for money. I know. You, you don't want to trust them. These ones. I know. And, and I think it's. I mean, it's each to their own, really. But
1: for me, yeah. the learning has really been. My husband has not been that freak that I had thought
0: he was around yes. money issues. He's not. Yeah, you were projecting, right? Yes. So you had you had your money issues that you were probably projecting onto him, Absolutely. and you're like. You know, and I find that once we start healing, we start realizing that actually, no, you know, like people were not the way that we thought they were about money. But and you start asking yourself, where did you even get these ideas? That happened to me. Where I'm like, but why did I think like this about these poor people? Oh man. So my final question to you, Tavita, is what are the three lessons or meditations in the course that you think have have impacted you and have been extremely powerful for you?
1: Yo, the inner child work. Mm. The inner child work, it it always feels like starting from scratch. Mm. Um, The inner child work for me is still work that I continue to do. I don't think it's work that I'll ever stop doing. Um, understanding that um, when I show up, I need to be—I need to know what age mentally I am when I mm-hmm. show up, mm-hmm. and and also catching myself when I when I'm projecting the inner child, mm-hmm. because like I'm saying, I mean we we are always healing the past, always. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have accepted that. And I've also accepted that there the was wounding that happened in my childhood, that I'm healing. You know, it's not easy work. It takes me to memories I would rather not remember. But if I don't, because the other the one thing that I've learned is you have taught us to sit with that memory, acknowledge mm-hmm. that it's here. Whatever it takes, don't deny that memory, don't deny that feeling. Sit with it, acknowledge it. And I think something magical happens when you are doing that.
0: because yeah, when you move, you know the magic? It's quite simple. You get to be the feeling gets to be felt. So guys, our feelings just want to be felt. That's it. But the thing is it's so uncomfortable to feel them because it's one thing to feel a feeling. Uh, intellectually in our heads and it's another to feel it in the body and to be with it in the body the feeling wants to be felt to the depths of the cells in the body once that happens it's done it's like a child that just wanted to be seen and acknowledged Mm -hmm. done Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then and
1: then there's um the the, the vows of invisibility. Oh my God. I didn't think girls like me have that, by the way. I thought we came ready, you know? You know when you
0: get it ready and she has none of that? Ah! Yeah. Right? Like everyone looks at me now and they see the things that I do and they think that I've always been this person. I haven't, guys. Even when I'm writing, you know, I couldn't even write on Facebook, write a Facebook status before I started this work. Like I used to like boil up and be so anxious, just clicking on writing any status. I would think five times before sharing anything. Now look at me, I could care less. I show up on video, I write what I want, takes like, in any way you guys have seen me in the student group cry on video, you know? Like I've cried, I've like laughed, I've done all sorts of things. I've shown up in my swimwear, all sorts of things. These are things that I could not, like I couldn't when I started Mm because vows of invisibility. I I am a product of my own work. I'm getting you guys to do the, and I think that's where the power lies is that I've done work that I have seen work for me. And I mean, yes. I come from like some crazy traumatic responses, mm-hmm. you know, and like it worked for me. And so just to see you, look at you, you're out here relaxed, sharing your life hey. story with us. Hey, She's playing mind tricks on me. Why does
1: she want me in a video? This woman, she really does not like peace. How can she do this to me? How, how? I'm, I had to sit with myself for many, many days. And it's worse that you asked early in the month. And I had so many weeks to go through and <laughs> fix myself and psych my head. And I'm like, okay, only three yeah. days ago and did I settle into it. To so, say, Tabitha, you are not going to cancel now. It's going to happen in 72 hours. It will happen. Schedule this. I mean, I had already scheduled it with you, but the <laughs> preparation in my psyche that, please, just just show up she's not gonna bite she's just gonna have a conversation and be honest i thought the best thing i can do for myself and for you and for everybody is to come up and be honest because i think that's the other thing i've learned with the with being a a student in the course is that one you are very honest number two you we're growing together somehow yeah you know
0: it's, and there's that, no that means... harm in people seeing us be vulnerable. In fact, yes. I feel like this is what humanizes me to you guys, right? Like you know without a shadow of a doubt that I am not perfect. How you guys know I'm not perfect, you know? you, yes. You've oh, yeah. seen me like go oh messy, ruin business deals, fall apart with things, like have drama with family. I'm not perfect, you know but the beauty isn't doing life in our imperfections. exactly that's what makes exactly. us beautiful not because we're perfect. exactly and you are holding us accountable in very
1: loving cushioned ways to oh. because you honestly you 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 it comes from self that let me probe this and look for more information. You mm. are not fully feeding any of us. We are not spoon-fed mm. in the Money Magic course. Um, no. We are lovingly held accountable to ourselves. We mm. are lovingly m- reminded to, to be authentic with ourselves, yeah. you know. So so for mm. me, that is the biggest takeaway to say. And also there's uh, they uh, amongst us, you, we have some of us who are healers, whom we can tap into with their wisdom, which is what I've done. Right
0: here.
1: Yes. Because how else would I have known where to find
0: joy? How else? Right? Like, we've got joy in the course. Guys, we've (laughs) got joy as a Sangoma and a psychologist, right? Like, we've got all sorts of incredible students in the Mani course. So we've got people like Casey, who's a counselor, people who are able to teach us about sexuality and sex education with our kids. We've got miso who's a doctor. We've got Dominique who's the doctor. We've got like Everyone all these incredible so. humans yes. right like because I, I say this is the beauty I think of the money matter course is that it's not all on me. There's many questions that get asked and I'm oh ob- I openly say this, right? Like I'll openly tag people and say I do not know the answer to this, of but course. I have an opinion. Yes. <laughs> I'll share my opinion and then I'll tag the Mm expert, right? Because Mm -hmm. there's so many things, even things around tags, Putanang is tagged, all those things. Oh, Mm -hmm. yes. These are not my forte. And I think this is the beauty of this community, I think, is that where else are you going to find such a diverse group of knowledgeable individuals, most of them so held in high, high regard in their industries? right Mm. and they know exactly what they're talking about so when they answer questions around health you're like yes i'm talking to a doctor now you know when you talk to joy and you're talking to a psychologist who's also sangoma you hear it you're like yeah okay this is this is some weighty information out here you know it feels orderly it feels orderly. <laughs> it does. And, and I know for you, this is important, right? Because you're like, yes. I start, like, I need to talk to the experts. And I'm the same way. So, And I think people that are listening to this, you guys can rest assured. It's Trust me, there's a lot of like incredible practical information. So Tabitha, I know you have to go. So please, can you tell us how can people get hold of you? What can people get hold of you around? Like, what is it that you're willing to discuss? Are you offering any kind of service as well? Let us know. So um, um,
1: I'm on Facebook, Tabitha Mashang and on Facebook, same on um, Instagram. Um, I'm not very, I don't post a lot on Instagram. I go there for the gram and the glitz. Uh so I enjoy that too. So just
0: go. No? <laughs> like, that's how I feel it ends there. <laughs> it starts and stops there, watching beautiful
1: people on Instagram, but also reading other people's insight as well. Yeah. Uh, but my passion really, my heart right now is sitting with young women professionals. Mm. So I do have a handful of women in, um, who are professionals in the work in the in the world of work whom I, uh, I engage with on issues of how to navigate the work environment. Mm. Um, especially look um, the last two, three years have really been stuck on the agenda of um, abuse in the work environment, abuse of authority, mm. the violation of rights of women, especially black and brown women. In the work environment, I I speak against that um, comfortably in the space that I work in. It's extremely bureaucratic. They they assume I'm 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 abnormal. No one understands how I got there, but I'm there, and I call out things that don't make sense. And um, because I think then for us. To shift anything in my country. I'm also extremely patriotic about South
0: Africa. I'm I'm very defensive. I I am too. Like, I'll only talk bad about South Africa to South Africans, but outside, the most beautiful country, I do believe it is the most beautiful country. So, absolutely. This is not me making it up. And Cape Town is still my favorite city. And I do believe it's the most beautiful city in the world. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I do. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> Maybe absolutely. I'm being a little patriotic, but it is for me. It's facts. <laughs> That's it. It's a fact for me. And also, if you
1: if you come to my country and you and you're telling me that we have the a very progressive constitution, very progressive policies, but our country is in the dumps. We know this. We know this. We know this ourselves. <laughs> we don't need to be told by anyone who will fix. Think- there is nothing that's wrong in South Africa that South Africans can't fix. I truly, truly believe that. In my heart, heart you. if you open it, I believe that. So when I engage with women... I feel like they, South
0: Africans keep proving that. <laughs> like They will do whatever and then they'll fix it. They'll do... <laughs> like, yes. we, yeah, I agree with that. Wow. Yes.
1: So, so, so those are the conversations I hold um, uh, oh. and I'm passionate about and I talk to to young women and women of any age for that matter um, and the struggles that we, work with, we deal with in the work environment. And I use my own example, you know, I mean, I think it's a bit of, for another day to talk about my own experience in the work environment and how mm-hmm. I have navigated those difficult terrains, how I continue mm-hmm. to navigate those difficult terrains. And also how I, I think the course, what it has done that has been amazing and a gift that I appreciate deeply is the fact that I am I show up as me. I think I've shown up as myself, but hey girl, this is premium grade showing up. Like I will show up. That's, that's it, And knowing that I woke up, I've done the meditation, yeah. of that, I've tapped into my spirit self, everything is okay. I can put on lipstick now. That's really secondary, and I'll show up.
0: And I think that for it it shows. It illuminates. It does. I feel like everyone listening to this can see that this is, guys, this is what happens when we start to heal our vows of invisibility. Mm-hmm. Being unapologetically ourselves becomes a thing, you know? So yeah, this is a good way to segue into this. If you just want to be unapologetically yourself and you're ready to start healing your money trauma, start regulating your nervous system, then please, Look at the Money Magic course. You're looking if you're ready to start creating a consistent stream of income, cut back on debt, start saving, come through to the course. We'd love to have you. As you can hear from all the students that I interview in this uh, on this podcast, they have so much to say. So you can go check it out. Uh, Check out the Money Magic course. Get on the waiting list if it's not open for registration. If it is open for registration, look at the top, the button at the top. There's a timer that tells you how many days are left for you to register for the course. When it gets to zero, 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 that means you can't register for the course anymore. But you can register for the course at wealthy-money.com forward slash Money Magic. Again, you can also get on the waiting list there, and when you're on the waiting list, you get access to the uh, to my seven day uh, tapping into ancestral money wisdom course. Again, the course is at wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic. Wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic. Thank you so much, Tavita, for this incredible incredible interview we so value what we've learned here i'm saying we it's me my ancestors my spirit guides and i know all the listeners as well and guys thank you so much if you've loved these podcasts and you love this podcast in particular please go on iTunes, leave a five star uh, five star rating. Leave us a review. Leave us comments on YouTube and leave us comments on Podbean. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Tavita. It was so Thank lovely you. to have you. See Thank you guys you. next week. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you find this podcast helpful and enlightening, please can you do me a favor and go leave the podcast a five-star review on iTunes or leave a comment on YouTube. And of course, share it with your family and friends. I would really appreciate it because it would help other money magicians who are looking to change their relationship with money find this podcast, which would really make my day. Also as a bonus, if you're interested in changing your spending habits, I have a complimentary ebook for you. You can download it at wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Have a fantastic day further and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Money Magic Podcast.